recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be talking to the gold standard. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, the bald standard, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? The bald standard, Kurt, I'm fired up. Listen, we have a live ad-free shows audience that's watching along with us as we record this. You said it, yes, we're all bald, I get it, but the gold standard, he's joining us today. Let's welcome him in, welcome him in. come on in, Shelton Benjamin. That's uh-huh. right, Shelton <laughs> Benjamin. One-third, the original team angle. Absolutely. One of the greatest athletes in professional wrestling history. My man, wow. Shelton Benjamin. How you doing today, Shelton? I'm doing good, Kurt, and uh, you know, um, this is a long time coming. I'm so happy to be here. You know, I hope we can uh, have a lot of fun today. I hope I don't embarrass you with some of the stories, but uh, <laughs> we hope you do. We <laughs> actually hope you do. Yeah. Shelton, you're wearing the You Suck shirt, first of all. Yes. For those that yes. aren't watching, on, I love it. You said you've been waiting to pull this one out. I've you? been waiting for years. You know, I, I, uh, I knew someday I was going to end up here. That's why this, this shirt has been in my possession for pro- since I wore this shirt. In the origin at the original uh tribute to the troops. Wow. So I've had this, so I've uh, had this shirt that long. 2003? Uh 2000. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 2003. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, well then, so you got that shirt on, and Kurt and I are twinsies in our meme, <laughs> meme shirt. Uh, have, meme you seen the Kurt, have you seen the Kurt Angle meme? Thing? I have totally seen the Kurt Angle meme, and I laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I might be a meme lit, you know, soon, but I, I don't know if I can do the faces quite like Kurt. Like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that, that's not even close. <laughs> I, was well, I don't have the facial hair to go with it. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, Shelton, Kurt, at first was, he doesn't, he didn't know how, how in he was going to be on this whole meme thing. Right. And then it just, I was like, dude, it's going everywhere. You got to be in on this. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're on fire right now. Like, so give us some more. We need them. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Bring it. So now we got shirts with them like all over us. And it, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to need one of those too. So, okay, we'll get you. <laughs> yeah, we'll hook you up. Well, hey, listen, let's jump into it. We got a lot of questions for you. And we're going to start at the beginning. We, uh, when we bring folks on, Shelton, we kind of do like a career retrospective. And especially uh, as it goes on and ties in with you and Kurt. But your story begins at the University of Minnesota, does it not? Um, honestly, I, I think my pro wrestling story started way before that. Um, Talk to us about it. Yeah. Only because uh, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. Uh, since the time I was a kid, like I, I've always been a wrestling fan. I, and I remember, uh, my first, the first match that ever got my attention, uh, it was actually a match with super fly Jimmy Snooker, but it was on TBS. Um, it wasn't for a WWE promotion. And I, and it was the first time I saw him do a flying headbutt. And as a kid, I was like, 
amazed by it. So then I was really invested. And then guys like the Rock and Roll Express and Dusty Rose, you know, I, I'm from South Carolina, so I watched a lot of, of that, you know, the, the Crockett uh, promotions and things like that. So that's what I grew up watching. I saw WWFE at the time uh, here and there. For some reason, I, I, I just didn't see as much. So I was more of a, of a fan. So I don't know wrestling without Ric Flair. I don't know wrestling without Sting and, and Dusty Rose and, and, you know, Cornette and all these guys. So my love for wrestling started way back then. Uh, my high school coach actually asked me what I want to be when I when I grow up. You know, I'm in high school. And, he, and I said, I want to try my hands at uh, pro wrestling. Oh, and he's like, why? I'm like, well, I see guys do it. It looks fun. And I think I can do it better than them. And he's like, okay, we'll look into that. Because nice. my high school coach actually knew Gorilla Monsoon personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were we, the intention was after college, we contact him. But as it so happens, I ended up at the University of Minnesota. And uh, Jerry Robinson, who knew Gerald Briscoe. And long story short, that connection led me to the WWE. Well, you were an assistant coach of Brock Lesnar's. Right. What was your first memory of coaching him? Um, so my first memory of coaching him, ooh, it, it, it wasn't pleasant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Brock, Brock was a great guy. Lots of fun. Like he, he, he isn't the Brock that he shows. He wasn't the Brock that he shows everyone now. You know, there's very, there's two different sides of that guy, but, uh, at the time, my first impression when we got in, when we actually got in the ring, it was just to wrestle him. I wanted to see what he knew because, of course, me being, uh, you know, I, I was still extremely competitive anyway. And the one tournament that we were in together, he actually won because I had lost in a previous bout. So, so I was like, really? Okay, I want to know what he can do. And I shot in on him. Uh, and all he did was thrust his hip forward and I flew back across the room. And I said, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> so, uh, honestly, he, he was a sponge. Like, Brock, Brock is built for war. Um, his, 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 his combat acumen, his combat IQ, like everything you taught him, he picked it right up. Um, his first few matches uh Minnesota, like he just destroyed guys effortlessly. And the one... The first time he lost a match, it was because he he actually won the match, in my opinion. It was just he was shooting this explosive double, and he would literally just run right off the mat with it. So he kept taking the guy out out of bounds, so his scores weren't counting, and he lost by one point. And it was clear he he dominated that kid, but he the guy was from, I believe it was Iowa State, and you know he just he just lucked out that night. That never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as Brock, like as, as a, as a pupil, a sponge, like he's going to, he picks up everything, but in in all honesty, I, I coached him for about, I don't know, a, a, f- a few months. Cause I, I was there almost two years helping him out and work with him. But the, f- the first six months, it was more coaching and fine tuning. After that, it was just straight wrestling. Like they were like. It, like what else can you teach him? He's he's he was he was a juggernaut, and I could I could I I was familiar enough to be able to handle him. But like there were some days it was just misery. Like some days he would completely dominate me. 
there was never a day where I completely dominated him, but I I do know how to corral him. But he was he's a phenom, like in every sense of the word. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And uh, and you, I want to go back because you were talking a little bit about your fandom as a kid of pro mm-hmm. wrestling, and you mentioned the Crockett territory, which I I grew up enjoying the Crockett days too. Did you have a favorite wrestler, favorite tag team? Like who were oh, your guys growing up watching wrestling? So, uh, and, and I've told them this to their faces. The, the, I fell in love with a tag team first. I fell in love with the Rock and Roll Express. That was the first team. That was the first. Those were the first pro wrestlers that I watched, and I just wanted to do everything they did. I fell in love with everything about them. I had a million bandanas on my wrist and ankles, and and you know, all of doing flying head scissors with my kids at you know at, with my friends at home uh, and at school. So the Rock and Roll Express really made me fall in love with wrestling. And of course, from there, like Magnum TA, that was my dog. Oh, love and, <laughs> and, you know, not, I, I, was, I, I, I was a kid with an attitude and I got a lot of fights as a kid. And the belly to belly suplex won so many street fights for me. You have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so many street fights. Once you hit them one time, I mean, it, it was over. <laughs> it was over. You throw them on so, their head or on their back? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I studied it so much. I was throwing them on their back at first, but then I figured out if I tilt a little more, I can make their head bounce off the ground and <laughs> inst- instant KO. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, did you ever expect to get into professional wrestling? Um. Yeah, kind of. Like, I, I knew I was going to try because it was something that I loved. Um, but of course, when I, when I became an amateur wrestler, honestly, my first thought when I got to the mat was where, where the ropes, <laughs> where the range, <laughs> you know I mean? so, but amateur wrestling, uh, kind of took off for me, uh, when I was in the 10th grade, like I didn't start till I was in the 10th grade and I just ducked to water. I started in the 10th grade. I think I took fifth, my first year at heavyweight. And then I was a two-time state champ. I took third nationally and you know, I was an all-American freestyle. Like, I had no, I had no designs around amateur wrestling as opposed to pro wrestling. Like, I always wanted to do that, but amateur wrestling, like, I just took to it like a duck to water, and uh, I kind of got distracted with. I shouldn't say distracted, but focused on that. And it wasn't until uh, my first daughter was born. I was, I was actually starting to train at the Olympic Training Center and things like that. But I was like, uh, I need money now. And then, you know, yeah. after after doing the math, you know, the Olympics was gr- were great. It would have been a great honor. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for the guys that have done it, can do it, and continue to do it. But at the time, me being a young father, just finishing up college, like, I needed to make money. So I, when I got the opportunity to go to WWE, I, I, left, I left college a semester early. Now, now, Kurt has told us when he was doing the whole amateur wrestling thing that guys would kind of give him crap or a hairy eyeball uh, if if he said anything about pro wrestling. Did you kind of get any of that too? If you mentioned, "Hey, I, this is cool and all, but I want to be a pro wrestler," did you? Ever oh, get of course. That? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, not so much in high school. Not so much, you know. But in, in college, yeah, there there was a bit of a you know side eye from a lot of people. I frankly didn't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would go like when I when I stayed in the dorm. Like, there was a 
one TV downstairs that had that had cables so I could watch wrestling. I would go in that room an hour early and basically confiscate the room because if you're if you're already in there, whoever has the TV controls it. So I would get in there every week. I didn't care what people think. This is what I love. This is what I'd always love. That's and awesome. Nothing was going to stop me from watching it. And if they, I wasn't exactly, <clears throat> I wasn't a good target for bullies. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> always a battle. So you, you didn't give a shit. You were like, I don't care. I'm going to be a pro wrestler. So who cares? Exactly. And then talk about, you mentioned Briscoe. So can you talk about uh, getting in or signing that development deal? What did that look like? So uh, I did my, I did my tryout uh, in, in, uh, in Stanford and uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard was, was running it. And it was just me and one other guy, a guy named Andrew Bernardsky. You might know him from the movie, the program. He played Latimer. I think he played uh, uh, <clears throat> he played Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface in the, okay. a few of those movies. So it was me and him, you know, basically palling together for that weekend and just and just training. So, you know, that was an experience. I trained hard for that tryout, but it was but I trained amateur wrestling hard for that tryout, which is psycho. When I got there, I, I felt like the tryout went way easier than it should have. And I didn't really have a sense of, of what they were thinking. <clears throat> um, I didn't, this was a week before Thanksgiving in 99. They didn't call me back. I think it was Johnny Ace had called me in late December, said, we're going to sign you and you can go to Atlanta or you can go to Louisville. And I said, well, I'm going to Louisville. Um, <clears throat> but me and Briscoe's actual relationship didn't really blossom until I was actually on the main roster. And he basically took me on his wing. I called him my, my wrestling father because if I had any kind of advice I need, he was there for me. And he, you know, we joke a lot with each other. Like it, it was like he looked out for all the amateurs and I can't say enough good things about Jerry. Like mm. he is my he is my pro wrestling father because he mm. watched out for me like he was my old, my old man. He did for me as well, Sheldon. He's a great guy and uh, he, he will always back amateur wrestlers. He know himself. <laughs> But um, now walk us through Jim Cornette in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Okay, so as I said earlier, Jim Cornette was, I didn't know wrestling without Jim Cornette. Like I grew up watching him. So when I got to Louisville, uh, when I when I finally met him, out? oh, 1,000%, 1,000%. I, and I, you know, I remember just thinking to myself, that's Jim Cornette. That's Jim Cornette. You know what I mean? Like the kid in me is like just freaking out. A little bit, but uh, for me, Corny was great. Uh, he, you know, he focused more on the the promo side of things, the television side of things. Um, I know at one point they were trying to get me to do the the leg drop that uh, Bobby Eaton was, you know, was doing. They actually brought Bobby Eaton to teach it to me. Oh, but I, yeah, but I, I didn't really enjoy landing on my butt like that. <laughs> the Alabama but, Jam, right? Yeah, but for me, but but for me, uh. Cornette and Danny Davis, who again, Danny is awesome too. Like Danny did so much for me. Um, the one time I got into trouble, Danny made sure, you know, he put us in, he put me in my place and he made sure that I, I kept the job. So I can't I can't thank Danny enough. Uh but it was funny because uh Cornette, I I he he's so passionate about everything he did down there that, you know, when every now and then when WWE would kind of 
put their fingers in in into his uh creation and kind of screw things up. <laughs> it was funny <laughs> to watch Cornette throw a fit. So his his, his fits were legendary, but oh, God, I mean, yes, yes. yeah, I, you know, I, I remember watching him take a baseball bat to to some warehouse glass and just go to town like. <laughs> But uh, but for for me, you know, and I and I know these days he's he's he seems to be a polarizing figure. Uh, but to me, Jim Cornette has always been great. He's been nothing but kind. He's there's never been a bad word between us. So you know, I I, I hate to disappoint people by you know saying he's a nice guy. But my relationship with Cornette, I I, I consider him a friend. Um, but my I understand there are some people that may have issues with some of the things he says or does that's between them i have nothing to do with that and i have nothing but love for corny there you go let's talk about another guy you may have nothing but love for we'll see how you answer this how much of kurt angle did you watch before going to the main roster (laughs) (laughs) well uh kurt don't kurt doesn't know this uh he probably doesn't remember this but we met uh my last year uh amateur wrestling but it was in it was in passing, and I just remember he had you had just gone to WWE, and but you came to NCAs, and I remember oh, we were in. Oh, I remember we, that. I remember we, meeting you, but I remember going there. Yeah, well, I was a little intimidated because you were the Olympic champion, and you were now a WWE superstar. So I kind of walked past you, and you were you were just kind of in a in a corner, just kind of to yourself. And I just remember kind of walking by and making eye contact and. I felt like you were sizing everybody up, <laughs> like literally everybody. But, you know, I, I think we, I might have shook your hand and, and just kept it moving because you didn't seem too inviting at the time. <laughs> That's correct. But, uh, but I went on like, yeah, I, I watched all of his pretty much everything he did, you know, those early days. Like just because, again, as an amateur wrestler, uh, I was – I, I want to see what he did. I want to see what I was compared with because for, for amateur wrestlers, Kurt was carrying a torch. Um, I don't know if he's explained this to you, but like when me and Brock came in, guys were kind of intimidated with amateur wrestlers because one, they thought we couldn't adapt, you know, and things like that, or they thought we were hurt. you you know, yeah. you know, couldn't, couldn't turn on the, the entertainment aspect. Um, so but also they were just straight up scared of us from a, from a purely physical standpoint. They were just scared of our abilities. Um, so watching Kurt, like, like I said, he was carrying the torch for all of us. And part of me, I felt my responsibility was I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do good just like him because I'm representing a whole nother sport coming into this. So I don't want us to look bad. Um, so I watched a lot of Kurt stuff. Uh, uh, Particular, like I, I, I remember when you got into the concussion when you when you fell, and even for me, I was like, "Oh no, he's hurt!" Like, come on, you got to tough it out, you know. Yeah. You got to you got to represent for us amateur wrestlers. <laughs> so, so I, I watched a, I watched a lot of Kurt um, specifically because for me that that was my model. That was one of my models. So, well, who told you about Team Angle, and were you excited about it? Who told me about Team Mango? Um, to be, I think honestly, I think it was Charlie. Um, How did he get the I, information before you did? I, I have no. Well, I, 
we'll get we'll get to that in a second. I, I don't I don't I don't know how he got the information, but I know he got it from me. And and I remember there was talks about uh, a faction with myself, Brock, you, and the Haas brothers. Okay, Brooke, yeah, that's Brooke, Charles, and his brother. And Russ was still alive, right? Mm. Uh, right. So, and then that changed. Obviously, after uh, Russ's passing, um, I think Charlie had told me they were talking about it, and this is why he was still rehabbing his knee. He still he had had uh, ACL surgery, and he was rehabbing it. And I think he said when he gets ready, they're going to put us together as a team and <clears throat> make Team Angle. Um, of course, Brock was already on the road, so that was, you know, everything was basically falling into place in some areas, very unfortunately, but everything kind of fell into place. But, yeah, Charlie got the information before me. Um, I'll be on, and, and I'll be, you know, I will say this, like, back then, I was so excited about everything. My head was in the clouds. Like, I was, I was living my dream. I was living my best life. I wasn't concerned with plans. I wasn't concerned with, with, with any of the things that would distract me from what I was doing in the moment. Because even OVW for me, I was, it was great, and I felt like I was doing good. I'm like, I knew I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get up there. I, I there's no way I can't. So I never really tried to push to do anything. Like I figured when the time came, the time came, and. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just did what was asking me to the best of my ability and had fun while I did it. Man, that's great. We uh, we actually had Charlie Haas on the show last year. And do you keep up with Charlie? Do you have uh, any kind oh, of relationship? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Charlie's my brother. Like, there's there's never been a time when uh, me and Charlie haven't been in contact. Um, I talk to him almost every week, mm -hmm. just about every week. You know, I've I've, I've seen him through his his highs, his lows, his highs again. Like, like I've never, ever not been in contact with Charlie and we've never, ever not had a close relationship. Like mm -hmm. WWE actually really did both of us a favor. Like we, they, they basically gave us best friends because that's basically been the story for the last 20 plus years. Recently, Giovanna hit me up about going to the Aerosmith concert in Pittsburgh. I absolutely love the concert. You know that. Now I want to tell you, Paul, that we bought our tickets using the GameTime app. When I launched the app, I had no idea the number of concerts, games, and events they had available. They had every event you can imagine in the Pittsburgh area. And even better, the prices blew me away. I was able to get us great seats for the concert, and what was cool was their cancellation policy. I've not seen anything like it. So consumer-friendly. Apparently, they also have a job loss protection feature as well. Thanks to Game Time, we had an absolute blast while listening to all the classics from Sweet Emotion to Loving an Elevator. I was rocking out with my gold medals on, and now they are my favorite app of choice when it comes to buying tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code ANGLE for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code A-N-G-L-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's true. It's damn true. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Wow. Um, your first TV match for the WLB was against Chris Benoit and Edge. How crazy is that looking back? Man, that was that was insane. Like, I mean, that was <laughs> your first. That was ins- <laughs> yeah, it was like first night out. It was like hit the ground running. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time: if you go back and watch that 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 debut, uh, I couldn't stop smiling. Like I know we were, we were supposed to be there, be these big tough guys, and I couldn't stop smiling. Like I was like, I'm I'm here. The people are looking at us. They're paying attention to us. Like when Paul Heyman said my name, I could not stop smiling. So now we get to the match. We get to the match, and I'm like, this is against Edge and Benoit, and it was like, again, wow, you, you guys shoved us right into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> no easing in or nothing. We're just. Bam, right in there. And it was so much fun. Uh, it was way easier than I expected. It, um, but at the same time, like I felt like having spent two and a half years in OVW, myself and other guys in my class, we were overqualified when, we, when, they, when they finally called us up. So for me, there was... You guys there were more than ready, right, Sean? Yeah. Because I only trained for seven months and they brought me on TV. Uh, they, well, I wasn't ready, but you guys were ready. Going two and a half years, you should have been ready. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And I guess I feel like at, back then I used to get a lot of heat because I didn't get nervous before matches, and I didn't get. <laughs> That's you. I, I, you don't I worry get, about anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> so one again, I trained so hard, and I knew I knew I was good, and. It was one of those. It was one of those things where, like, from a performance standpoint, I was never ever worried about: Am I going to have a good match? Am I going to remember anything? Am I going to screw up anything? It was never a worry. Not saying those things didn't happen, and I and I didn't have to respond when it did happen. But going into matches, like, I never really got nervous. Um, you know, we we might touch on it later, but even when I had the match with Triple H, from a from a in ring standpoint. I never, I never got like the butterflies in my stomach or mm. anything like that. Like I was, I knew I was, I knew I was prepared. I knew I knew what I was doing, and I knew I was in there with people who could one lead me and who were just great. So I was, I just wanted to look like I belong. There's no question they had confidence in you and, and Charlie right away because as you were, we were talking about it. It just took a little bit of time before you guys would be tag team champions over the Guerreros, Eddie and Shabo, yeah, right? I mean, that had okay. to feel like, man, we're off to the races. Okay, so that, uh, that, that I did not expect. Um, that that happened so fast, and it, it's one of those things where, uh, going into pro wrestling, like my goal, uh, was just to be a tag team champion. I hadn't, I didn't think about U.S. titles any. In my head, I was going to be a tag team champion. Rock and Roll Express for tag team champions. Those are my favorite. I, you know, I was going to be a tag team champion. And another part of that is just, which is an issue for me to this day. Still, there was a lack of of diversity in in the heavy in the world champion scene. 
So because I never seen it, it never crossed my mind that I could do this, you know, that I could be the world champion like that. But a tag team champion, like I knew, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to get. So my goals going into WWE was, okay, be a tag team champion. And I did that. We debuted the very last SmackDown of 2002. By WrestleMania, we were defending the tag team championship. Yes. Insane. That was a whirlwind. It, it was, it was, that was crazy. And I was like, I remember taking that belt home for the first time going, holy cow, I did it. Hmm. I, I, I could not believe I, I had accomplished my goal that early. So it was like, you know, kind of like, you know, the dog chasing the car. Okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> Set new goals. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that during that time, and maybe that whole first year too, like I could not wait to get to work. I absolutely could not wait to get to work. And honestly, like Kurt was our, he was our captain. He was our leader. He, you know, but he, he made us feel like we, we mattered. We were part of the team that we weren't, he, it was team angle, but it was, Kurt was like a brother. He's, he's our big brother. He's not treating us like his lackeys or anything like that. Kurt is treating us like equals. And I think that's, that, that played into why things, Work, went, worked so well between us. Like we all just got along. And one of the biggest honors that I personally had er, that early on was at one point, I remember Kurt, you had asked us, how, me and Charlie, hey, how do you do something like that? So it's like, whoa, in my head, he, he's, he, he's already phenomenal, but he's asking for my advice or our advice. So it, it wasn't just a, hey, follow my lead. It's like, hey guys, what do you guys think? So we were all, it, it, it was so much fun. And, and like I said, Kirk was, he could, I, we couldn't have had a better guy at the helm. Like he was, he was awesome. See, Paul, I told you so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got me. Well, your first pay-per-view match was at No Way Out where all of Team Angle took on Benoit and Brock. Tell me how about oh, yeah. that night and how special it was for you. <sighs> that was, that was, that was, that was, I'm thinking back, and I remember. Ed's That's when I broke my neck. If you forgot, Sheldon. You know, no, I no, I remember that match one thousand percent because I remember, you know, when we had to do the thing where Edge had to get taken out because it seemed like he gotten hurt, and oh, we had so many fun spots, and and that I tell you what, it's hard to beat a good Canadian crowd. Like mm. they were on fire that night, and. You know, me, Charlie, and and Brock were fairly new, and we were the responses we were getting. Like it, 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 it was awesome. Like I said, I'm, I might use the word awesome too much, but it was <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you, uh, I got to ask you both this question. You ready, Kurt? You ready, Shelton? Did mm-hmm. Team Angle break up too soon? I'll start yes. with you. Kurt said yes. What do you think? 1,000%. Yeah. 1,000%. And, and it was my fault. I broke my neck. And uh, when I came back, they were like, hey, we need to sh- change stuff up. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to have you face Charlie and Shelton. And it was like, wait a minute. We just started this. Like, we only mm-hmm. went for, what, what, about six months, Shelton, before – 
Uh, they kind of split us up, maybe seven months. Yeah, it 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 was not long at all. It was it wasn't long. It, did, at it all. didn't make it a year. It really, didn't. really good. I mean, we right. had one of the greatest factions in history. I mean, this yeah, thing was I, really special. We had something really cool going on, and uh, it just sucks that I got injured, and that's the reason why. Right. Yeah, it, it it was disappointing for us too. Like like I said, we were having so much fun with it. The fans loved it. We loved it. Um, and and honestly, I felt like we had we still had so much more to learn from Kurt, uh, just being on his tutelage. But you know, things happen, and whoever made the decisions weren't they weren't budging on it. And yeah, we are, we are, I think we're all. My, I, I think I can speak for Charlie when I say we all felt like, yeah, they broke us up way too soon. We we felt like we were robbed of something. Mm-hmm. Listen, we could have we could have held those titles. I I wasn't supposed to lose the title. I broke my neck, so I had to drop the title to Brock. They mm-hmm. had the titles at the time. We were all champions. We we're gonna have a nice lo- year long reign, and and it just broke apart right when mm-hmm. I broke my neck, and that was it. Right. It was the end of team angle, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, it it, it 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 sucked. It really did. Um, but you know, you gotta regroup and get back on the horse, and that's that's pretty much what we all did. Charlie I did. do but but I, I will say the first time uh I think fans really started to respect me and Charlie was after we had a handicap match with you. And we were fighting all in the crowd and all these things. I I just remember when I think you had left first and we were still selling. But that was the first time I, I felt like I distinctly remember getting a standing ovation. Like the crowd you was, were over, was right. You were over. Yeah, and that that was that was the first time I felt like that was because of what we did, uh, as opposed to what we were a part of. And so, so in in you know in hindsight. The breakup did get, garner us a lot more respect after you know our, our 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 match with you, but but the breakup was still too soon. <laughs> it was, but you and Charlie transitioned into the world's greatest tag team. Right. What did you think of that team name? Um, well, it was better than the one before. In all honesty, we hated it. Uh, the name they had originally wanted us to go with was the best damn tag team period and <laughs> it, uh, i think there was like a a, a show on espn or something yeah the, yeah the best yeah. damn sports show yeah 1000 percent ripping that off and we were like what the what this what no what but but then apparently they couldn't get it past uh, uh copyright okay so so uh then they came with the world's greatest tag team. We're like the world's greatest tag team. Like what? <laughs> like this? Like who's coming up with these? This is this is like where's the creativity in this name? Right. Like <laughs> like it just sounded so generic. But like I said, we ran with it, and they immediately put the, t- the tag titles back on us. And surprisingly enough, like it 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 got over. Yeah. Like like did. yeah, it was one of those things. Like okay, well. Okay, I guess I need to 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 trust the process a little more because this this is actually pretty cool. So now we're like we like proudly proclaim we're the world's greatest tag team. Um, even when we went to uh, Ring of Honor, <laughs> uh, we couldn't be the world's greatest tag team, but we were still wrestling's greatest tag team. So there you go. 
you know, we, we figured out how to keep those acronyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep the, keep the syllables or the, the, the you, uh, you talked about you and Charlie's relationship and, and mm -hmm. obviously, and your favorite tag team was rock and roll. You pictured yourself being a tag team wrestler, but now they're going to split you up. Were you sad to see that happen? Or was it like, oh, wow, I might have a, a shot now here in the singles uh, side of things? Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't think I was ready. Uh, when they when they split us up, uh, so <clears throat> I was a much better wrestler tagging with Charlie because I I I I'm so I was so gifted as far as athleticism, like I could do anything. And so me and Charlie, uh, we basically we we sit and talk, and we like we talked about how we wanted to hide our weaknesses and 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 showcase our strength in each other. So that's why Charlie was a Charlie was a much better technician than me. Um I was a, I was a high fly guy. So better athlete. Yeah, so there were things where Charlie like there were, like I never threw German suplex until I was a single guy because I was a flying guy. So I like I'm not curse doing it, Charlie's doing it. I'm not going to do that because I need to one I I don't we we don't need to be carbon copies of each other. Operating. And two the best way to help feature Charlie is to feature Charlie. But if, if we're doing the exact same thing, well, I'm, and he, there are things I can do that he absolutely can't do. So instead of trying to have the exact same move sets, okay, you're, I'm the air force, you're the Marines. And that's basically our, that was our approach to all of our matches. And that's why we gelled so well. Um, we looked out for each other. Like if there was, if a match was being put together, like, we already made packs like, okay, we're not doing this, this, and this. And we, so if someone made suggestions that went against what, what we felt as teams or individuals, like we spoke up for each other. Like you could, you, you couldn't volunteer Charlie for a spot. If I wasn't there, <clears throat> if I know Charlie's is not going to be, uh, if, if I know he's going to take issue with that and vice versa. So between that relationship and the fact that Charlie, again, because he wasn't the athlete that I was, he had to work really hard. And because of that, I had to work really hard. I was his, I was his partner. So Charlie boosted my work ethic tremendously. So between Charlie and Arn Anderson putting us through the paces before every show, you know, like I, I went from being God gifted is another way of saying Talented but lazy. Hmm. I was talented but lazy until I got to Charlie, and because Charlie had to work hard, and I was his partner, I had to work hard too. So he he boosted my my work ethic. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So when we when we split up, like I I wasn't ready. I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know the reasoning by it. But again, I didn't ask questions. I just didn't. I just did what was asked of me. But no, we we definitely didn't want to split up at the time. Like we felt like we had another year or two, but you, you guys could have, it, it, it was possible. They, even three years, you guys could have mm -hmm. done. Yeah. Now you got a big win right away after the split on Rob, when you beat triple H, where right. was that all supposed to go? Where was the, the program with triple H or where, what was that? I, um, what was the whole reasoning behind having a match with him and going over on it? Uh, basically to fast track me to enhance that, that, was, that, 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 yeah, that was to fast track me. 
Um, I, I don't think, well, I don't think, or I don't know, because, because again, I don't ask, I didn't ask questions. I just did what was asked for me, but I do, I do know they, the term fast track was used when they were saying, uh, I was going to have the match with Hunter. Um, I think at the time they wanted to, uh, for like, a, they wanted to create a black star. And at the time, like today, like, you know, there's every, there's tons of every color in the rainbow in WWE. But at the time, there there was not. I mean, there was me, Mark Henry, Ron Simmons. Uh, Truth was still still working in in TNA at the time. So, me, Ron Simmons, Mark Henry. There weren't a lot. There, there weren't a lot, and mm-hmm. I was a new guy, and they wanted to basically create a. They want they need they wanted to create a black superstar. That much. I do know, um, but as far as where the program was going to go, like I, I, I never, I never knew because uh, it it went for a couple weeks and then I got moved over to I think Rick. Like I actually thought my first pay per view match was going to be with with Hunter, but it ended up being with, with Rick. Yeah, let's talk it's about that. Purpose. It got you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it told it one thousand percent did the job that it was meant to do. Yeah, you uh you do feud with Evolution. You you defeat Ric Flair, who by the way, you're watching as a kid and Crockett. And all of a sudden you know, you really got to feel like this rocket ship's tied right. to your back for beating Ric Flair on a pay-per-view. Come on. Okay. So, okay. So wrestling Ric Flair the first time at that pay-per-view, that's when that little kid in me came out because it, but but it was weird because it wasn't until I was in the ring waiting for him and his music hit, and you know the, the room went dark and so fake. You can't see my reaction, but I am literally like staring, like holy cow, that's Ric Flair, and he's coming to the ring. And like I remember, like it wasn't until he stepped in the ring, I was like, oh, get back in the character because he's coming to wrestle you. Like he he was yeah. he was. It, it, that that was my mark out. That was one of my biggest mark out moments. I've only ever had two uh, real mark out moments. And the second one was with Undertaker, you, you know, years later. But that first time watching Rick come down and I have a I have a grand I have a grand aunt. Her name was Ann Liza. And she hated Ric Flair with a passion. And I mean, she hated Ric Flair since the 70s. So when she actually got to see the, you know, when I finally got to show her that match of me having a, uh, uh, the, you know, the match with a uh, flair, like she was like, I mean, she breaking, she's throwing stuff around. She's swearing the cane. She's like, you know, beat that old hoe. She, Cause she always hated Ric Flair because he was a woman now. She, she used to call him that old hoe, Ric Flair, that old hoe. <laughs> so that, for me, just her reaction from that match was was worth it. Like that was that was <laughs> so much fun to see her. But yeah, that, uh, wrestling Ric Flair like that that that's that's a dream come true. That was a dream come true. Now um, you'd win the Intercontinental Title from Chris Jericho at your first singles title, right? What did that mean to you? That's when I, in my head, I was officially overachieving. Um, 
I, I've said this before. I, I didn't expect to be working that night. And I know leading up to the pay-per-view, there was a nice buildup for me. And they were, you know, they were giving me some momentum. I remember I had a promo with Mr. McMahon where, you know, I basically told him, you know, he gave me his blessing. I was like, well, I don't need your blessing. I need their blessing because it's, it's voting. And the fact, the, the truth is, to me, my match with Jericho was the only match on that card that truly was up in the air because Chris had no idea who he was going to wrestle that night. They refused to tell him. Um, everyone else that had a match, it was some sort of gimmick match. So you you knew what you, you knew who you were working with, and you knew there were these type of gimmicks or these type of stipulations. But in the case of Chris Benoit, I'm sorry, in the case of Chris Jericho, uh, he only knew that you got to wrestle one of 15 guys. Um, and again, I always I always thought it was going to be Batista. And when I won, uh, you watched the announcement. I wasn't paying attention because I was just like, oh, it's going to be Batista. And they said my name. So there's a delayed reaction for me. So I, had to, <laughs> I, I, had, I had to fake excitement, but I was like, oh, shit. you know, oh, shit, I got to wrestle. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's actually good. They made us stay in gear all day. And, and like when they did the reveal, <laughs> so, I, so I went straight to the ring and I had no idea I was going to win until Chris Jericho didn't kick out. The only thing that was said to me going into that match was when Jericho locked up to me and he said, what's your finish? And I said, T-bone. And that took, you know, that converse, that little exchange was like the blink of an eye. And then we just had the match. And I just listened to, to Jericho. Wow. And no conversation yeah. prior to inside the ring. Unreal. No. So before, before early that day, uh, Chris had been trying to get an idea of, of who he was going to work and they wouldn't give him any information. He's like, well, who's the leading? So he's going around to everyone kind of going, okay, you know, if I do this and this, this, trying to get a template. And he came to me and he's like, Shelton, do you know when I do this? And I said, hey, I'll stop you right there. I know all of your stuff. He's like, okay, thank you. I, I knew I didn't have to worry about you. So then he went on and that, yeah. was, that, was, that was all of the conversation we had before that match. And, and, and you know what? You guys pulled it off, and you won the title. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was <laughs> yeah, a really was, good match, too, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah it, it was oh, – man, it was so much. It it was really good, but it was like, uh, you know, I was just listening. It, it, like I said, when you, you're you in there with some of the greatest talent ever, like my first few years, like the, the guys that I got to work with and the stuff they were teaching me, like, you have you have to be in there with them to 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 really understand uh one how to how how to work not how to do moves how to, how to look cool but how to work and between my matches with 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 Jericho with with Hunter with HBK with Benoit would take it like matches that I expected to be really really hard from a you know from a mental standpoint they made they make these matches so incredibly easy uh for at least for me from an athletic standpoint like it, it was like okay just you know they're playing a video game tell me what you need me to do and i'll do it bing 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 you you said his name so, and we're going there hbk that all-time classic match the super kick no one forgets buddy where does that right. rank on your all-time matches uh it, it's it's definitely my top 10 uh okay. it's 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 in my top. I, I I've never actually did an, done an official ranking of it. I know from a fan standpoint, that's probably one of my most memorable matches, with with good reason because it's definitely, you know, one of my most memorable matches. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I, I would say top five. Um, because I, I felt like as far as spectacular finishes, yeah. nothing tops that. No, no, no. Nothing tops that. Um, but as far as overall matches, like I've had, a, I've had a few other matches that I felt like were just as good, if not better. Uh, the night before, I always cite this again with Chris Jericho. Uh, I defended the IC title against Jericho at a pay-per-view the night before. And to me, it, it, that was one of the best matches of my career. Um, I will hold that match up to anything I've done since, including the Shawn Michaels match. Obviously, that finish is is a you know greatest finish number one. Greatest matches. I mean, there was that. There was a, a live event show I had with MVP once where uh, I think Edge was the champion, but he was hurt and had to wrestle Great Kali. So that obviously couldn't go long for a few reasons. So they asked me and MVP to pull a little time in our match, which was just before. And I remember Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was in the back, and the, they were just experimenting with wiring the, the the referees with mics at the live events. So me and MVP are having this match, and Ricky from the back start calling in audibles for us. And it turned out to be, one to me, one of my favorite matches of all time. Like, it, it kind of... Flip flops, but in in my top five, that match even if it was a live event. I I wish it was televised. It it, it is it's great, and that you and always do when you have a match like that. You always wish it was. You televised. always yeah. It's like man, I wish someone was was filming that. Like I want to <laughs> I want to watch this back. It, it, yeah. But it was so much fun because again, what made it fun was like we were having a match. It was going well, but then Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was again. He was sending messages to the ref and the ref was just telling us and we were like, okay, doing and the reaction in that crowd that night. I can't remember the, the name of the city. MVP always remembers it, but it, like I said, that's one of my favorite matches of all time. Hmm. Well, I'm going to put you on a spot here, Sheldon. Uh-oh. Who's better in the ring? Me or Shawn Michaels? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, See, why are you trying to 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 start stuff, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know if you say Shawn Michaels, the whole amateur wrestling community is gonna hate you. Well, okay, so well, 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 so here's the thing. I can do what we call compartmentalize <laughs> everything. From a technical standpoint, I love it. I don't think there's anyone on the planet better than you, Kurt. Like I do to me, the greatest to me to this day. And I'm not saying this just because I'm on your podcast. I, I, I will say this anywhere. I have the, for me, the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen was you versus Benoit Royal Rumble. Like that to me, I watched that match and I was like, those are the kind of matches that I want to have. And just because again, the athleticism, the explosiveness, the ferocity, the intensity, like that was everything that I wish I, I, I encompassed. But to me, that's one of the greatest, ma- that's the greatest match, wrestling match I've ever witnessed firsthand. New Year's resolutions are hard, but saving money is easy with SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket, but if you've got credit card debt, you can get rid of it just like that and skip your next two house payments. That's right. No payments until April at SaveWithConrad.com. 
The team at Save with Conrad are routinely helping families just like yours save five, six, seven, even $800 a month. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. MLS number 32416, equal housing lender, SaveWithConrad.com. Thank you, Sheldon. That being said, psychology-wise, yeah, Sean, Sean's, Sean's going to take the top spot there. Sean's going to take hey, the top spot I there. I wrestled him, too, quite a few. <laughs> so I know, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys, you guys, you both have your nimble on slots. They're just in different categories. Great answer. You should be a politician, Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about another superstar as, as we move through this. You had uh, the record intercontinental title of the 21st century. We're not, so we're not counting honky-tonk, but you had the record in 21st century until Gunther passed it recently. What did you think of Gunther in your time while you were in WWE? Um, so I, I actually, we were on, we were on different shows, so I never really got to work with him. I hung around him, a few, you know, obviously we met, we've chat and, and he seemed like a really, really cool guy. Um, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of Randy, to be honest. Hmm. Um, just, just in his demeanor, his movements and even his build to, to some degree, um, but I, I think what he's done, first of all, the first time I saw Gunther, I was, he was, you know, like a hundred pounds heavier and I didn't see the appeal. Um, but I haven't seen the appeal with a lot of people who turn out to be phenomenal. Um, so, but as he, when he finally made a WWE and he started trimming down and, you know, you, you start to realize, whoa, this guy, he's, he's changing, he's, he's leveling up so he can belong here. And what they've done with him, what he's managed to do, his look, like his look is straight out of a, out of a, out of a, out of a comic book. Like he is like, you know, they call him the general, like he looks the part of it. He does. He definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just from a, from a performance, like, again, I, I don't know him well enough to, you know, really comment on his personality or things like that, but he's always been nice, loving, kind. And I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, I do feel like I need to go in that title ring, but <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a different story. But I, I think what he's doing is great. Um, but of the 2010s, I'm still the man. You cannot you take go. that from me. You will <laughs> not take that from me. I'm the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the 2010s. So live with it, hate it, be mad. There's only one thing you can do about it, and that's deal with it. <laughs> yeah, gotten promos. I love it, Kurt. <laughs> Well, Sheldon, what was your honest opinion of Shelton's mama storyline? My honest opinion was it should have been a really, really, really good story. It should have been. And it was until it just vanished. Because most people don't realize that that entire, from the first time you saw mama to the last time you saw mama was eight weeks. Like people think mm. it went on for years. Like, no, eight weeks. Quick. Yeah. So, and I feel like in that time while they were, you know, we were doing the mama's boy gimmick and things like that. And 
kind of like, and, and I, I said this when I was on uh, the bump, like the, the story wasn't finished because at some point my character had to grow up, be a man, stand on his own, get his balls back and everything. But for the most part, the mama's boy character was left hanging when, you know, Thea had to, <clears throat> when Thea, when Thea uh, was let go, or I think she had medical issues and then they eventually released her. But the the problem with it is, is the story was unleashed. Un- unfinished. Now, while we were doing it, oh, I was having the time of my life. I had so much fun with that. I had so much fun with that gimmick. I had so much fun with that character. I was getting more TV time than I could shake up the than I could imagine. The fans were loving it. Like it was that that promo we did with Mr. McMahon when he pulled his pants down. <laughs> like <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Man, that was so much fun. And uh, Thea Vidal, who's she, you know, she's a comic. And when they first present, when it was Vince who presented me with the idea, I think uh, they weren't doing anything. I was on like this long losing streak. And, you know, they, you know, when Vince suggested it to me, I was just like, hey, I'm all for whatever can get me utilized. And like I said, when he brought, when he brought up the mama thing, I was Huh, this is okay. Before mom mama was introduced, I actually wrote a whole I actually wrote a whole skit uh where Vince actually comes to my house and meets mama. We have dinner, but I think I had I had like nutty professor uh vibes in my head. So oh, I, love it. I was gonna play all my family members except for mama. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that that's that's what I wrote. And you know, I, they they liked it. We did, obviously we didn't do it, but uh, like I said, I, I I had so much fun with that, and it was such good TV, and it it really it really. On one hand, I can understand how fans said that that gimmick set me back, but on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, that it it set me back because it was unfinished. You know, you you created this image, and then. Next thing, like, I remember I showed up to work and they just said, okay, mama's not going to be here anymore. You're now going to be the Terrell Owens of WWE. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, just like last week, I was cowering to my mama. This week, you want me to no, be the slam boy? Right. Yeah. Like, like I did. I was I, like, this is like no transition whatsoever. Just bam. This is what you are now. And I, and yeah. I, it, I, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're like you, th- you go to the gold standard. Then all of a sudden, after a decade, your time ends with them, and then you go to work for uh, Ring of Honor New Japan. What's some of your favorite memories of that time there at Ring of Honor New Japan? My favorite, my favorite. I, well, I had a, I actually had a lot of fun in Ring of Honor. Um, the funny thing is, going there, I I I never did indies, so a lot of the guys there were do- still doing indies and things like that. So I had no frame of reference of, of the work style and things like that. Like I never really paid attention because I was with the greatest company in the world, you know, right out the gate. So it was like, I, I, in my head, I don't need to pay attention now to, to any of these other companies because I'm where I want to be. Um, but one, it was a learning experience um, because the, the indie crowd and the WWE crowd, not the same. And the interactions and the, the expectations, not the same. Um, 
that being said, I I got to work alongside of a lot of cool people. Kevin Kevin Owens, um, Sammy, uh, you know, uh, Roderick Strong. Uh, who else? Pretty much most a lot of the guys are in AEW right now. Oh, sure, um, yeah. But I I got to work with a lot of those guys, and and it was a lot of for me it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of learning. Um, Charlie had done the indie scene before too, so he was kind of coaching me on a lot of that. So it, it, it was a learning experience for me as far as Ring of Ring of Honor goes. But I had some awesome matches. My I I used to live like working the Briscoes. I love working the Briscoes. Like mm. anytime I was in the ring with them, I was just having fun. It was it was a ball, and for me. One of my dream matches has always been the Briscoes versus the Usos. Like I, I, I would, pay, I would have paid so much money sure. to see that match. Those those guys are great, and uh, you know, God, you know, rest in peace, Mark. Uh, those guys are phenomenal. Chicken, I, I love you. I know we haven't talked a lot, but man, I love working with Briscoes. Um, and I, you know, I had some funny matches. I remember I wrestled. Maria, not Maria. I'm sorry, Maria's husband, oh, Mike, Mike Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, and we, you know, we did the infamous. You know, she didn't realize that he'd been knocked down, so she's on the ring and she's kind of being sexy. And I walk up behind her, she starts rubbing me and kind of grabs my hand and puts them on herself until she realizes that uh, these hands are a little more chocolatey than the ones she's used to. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, I, so like, like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor was. It was fun. Like I, I, I really enjoyed my time there, um, and and the guys were great. Like I didn't have any. Like I, I, I honestly can't say I've had any issues while I was yeah. working there. It was it was all fun. Um, it was you know for two years I worked with them primarily, and then I went. Out, I ended up going to New Japan, and that's where I, I'll be. I'll be quite honest. New Japan rejuvenated my love for wrestling. Um, but and the wrestling culture. Because I, I went there, like New Japan made me feel like mm-hmm. I was doing them a favor by even working for them. Um from from a character standpoint, like they really they actually protected me. They 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 made me like I just started calling myself Shelton X Benjamin when they put me in Suzuki Gun. And Minoru Suzuki, he's he he was awesome. Took me on his wing. Like it's it's a completely different culture, but it's a respect culture. Like, again, much like when I first went to WWE when I first got called on the road, um, I couldn't wait to go to work. I love being around them, and I had no designs around working in Japan at all until MVP called me and said, Hey, you want to be my partner at, at Wrestle Kingdom? And I was like, Sure, why not? Yeah. I expected it to be a one-off. I didn't think it was going to turn into a four-year relationship. And to the, like, I've said it before, if, if New Japan had the resources that WWE had, I don't know if I would have ever came back. Mm. Like, I love that company. Like, I love that company. That's, I that's fell in love with Japan. Um, that's a much better company for you. As good as WWE <clears throat> is for you, I think New Japan was definitely your flavor, man. Oh man, it like I said, I I I got nothing but love for New Japan and and Pro Wrestling Noah because you know we we did a they did an exchange thing where the Suzuki Gun faction, which I was a part of, 
we were we're sent to know raising hell for me didn't matter i was in i was having the time of my life um i got to learn so much about the japan and its culture like i love that i love that country now and i never even considered working there before mvp called me yeah well listen and then all of a sudden so you do come back to wwe you get involved with the hurt business you, you talk a little bit about that and now here we sit you know you've been released so kind of talk about the last few you know years for you back in wwe and now here you sit with the release so um when I when I first went back, I I didn't know what to expect. I got there and like the whole locker room had changed. Um, the, like it, it was like most of the guys there, you know, obviously I didn't even know. Um, so it it was a bit of an adjustment period. But uh, they put me with Gable at first in the tag team. <clears throat> um, I'll be honest, I wasn't happy about that. Like I was like. I, ju I just felt like they are just trying to replace uh, Jordan. They were trying to replace Jordan with someone similar. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I and I I, want, I didn't like that. I also felt like I had a enough name value that I I didn't need a partner. Um, and you know we we we. I just don't feel like they really had any plans. Like it was okay. We'll. I think it was more, uh, more of a, well, we need to give Chad a partner. Okay. Oh, so let's stick with, you know, Shelton's coming back. They're both amateur wrestlers. They're both from Minnesota. And like I said, it, it was, I think it was an attempt, but I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it worked. Um, and not to say we didn't try because um, Gable's phenomenal. Jesus Christ. Like he's phenomenal. I, I, I really wish they would do more with him. Um, did, you know, the, the knock is always going to be his size, but I'm like, who cares? Like, who cares? Like he, that kid is phenomenal. Um, Great I don't think I was, I don't think I was the right partner for him, but at the same time, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's underutilized, um, underappreciated. Uh, so he has a lot in common with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds um, familiar, but, huh, Shelton? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we do that and then they break us up and and really it was just it was just a lot of floundering. It's like yeah. no matter what I would try, no matter what I would ask, and it, it just they just wouldn't do anything. And you know, a lot of people you know, I, I've read comments, you know, hatching on the past about my personality and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, I can only do what they give me room to do. Um, and I and like I said, stuff I wanted to try, they didn't want to try it. Like, you know, you know, I, I was just there to I, I just felt like I was there to, you know, add to the depth chart. Um, then the pandemic hit and Again, I still wasn't doing much, but entered the hurt business. My time from the time we started to the time—well, I wouldn't say to the time it ended because I don't—I can't even—I couldn't tell you when it actually ended. But uh, the early days with the hurt business that came together so organically, and you know, unfortunately, it was during the pandemic, and 
you know, a lot of people weren't coming to work because of, you know, everyone had their reasons, you know, no judgments there. But, you know, when they were in a situation where we have to utilize who we have and who's who is coming to work, and who is showing up. And, you know, myself and all the members were a part of that. And when they put us together, like myself, Bobby and MVP and Cedric, we all have real relation. We all we all have a real friendship relationship with each other. It wasn't a situation where, OK, well, we just need to put a guy in a spot. It's like. No, these guys, we're actually friends. Like, we actually consult with each other. We actually look out for each other. We actually joke with each other, play with each other's kids, and all, and just that in the mind. So when they started having us work together, it was like work became really fun again because I was doing stuff with my friends, and everyone had their own little influences. And much like when me and Charlie were tagging, how me and Charlie would look out for each other and, you know, veto some things and, like, we were all doing that for each other. Like, for example, Bobby Lashley, extremely generous in the ring to a fault. So there were times that we would be putting together matches and guys would suggest things to do with Bobby. And, we, and again, Bobby's nice. Bobby's usually, yeah, sure. We'll do that. And, you know, that's when me or Cedric or even any people step up and go. Because also we understood where Vince was trying to get Bobby. And we would go like, no, no. You can do that with me. You can do that with him, but you can't do that with Bobby. We're we're we're, we're Bobby, right? Yeah. Um we're protecting Bobby even when Bobby wouldn't protect himself. When Bobby was willing to do business, we we're like, no, because we know where we know where they're trying to get you. So everybody was working to help everybody else. And you know, the suits and everything, uh of course that's that's all MVP. And I remember we had a meeting with Vince once and I, you know, MVP and Bobby had already kind of started to hurt business. So I went in with the attitude of, yeah, I'm not a suits fan. I don't <laughs> mind putting on a sport coat and some jeans. And, and we, and we had, we had a meeting with Vince and, and this is before uh, Cedric was made a member. <laughs> and by, and I remember Vince going, Hey, uh, he was saying, yeah, Bobby, you, you know, you look great in the, you know, in suit and MVP. You're always coming sharp and shouting. You, you got a nice pair of jeans on. <laughs> and it was like, you know, you're like, oh, he just put me on the spot. Man. And then later, and then later in that same competition, it was like, yeah, and then, you know, you guys in the suit and, and, and you too, Shelton, because, you know, you always got a nice pair of jeans. I'm like, bro, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so I, I went all in after that. I got, got like a dozen suits and everything. So I got, I dove in. So the Hurt Business, the rise of the Hurt Business, like, at that time in my career, when I was extremely frustrated, it came in as a breath of fresh air. Mm. And the fact that it was getting over despite not having a crowd, like, the reactions uh from 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 all fans uh you know obviously uh there were a lot of early comparisons of us to you know the apa and we were like you know we made it a point no we're never going to mention our race because you we shouldn't have to you can look at us and see what we are that's not what matters here like we are a kick-ass professional team like we look good we dress good and we you know we get the job done and yeah we are black but we don't need to tell you that and i think because of that 
Um, uh, we a lot of other, a lot. We didn't alienate any fans by trying to create a race card with it. Like sure. we, the only, the only, the only thing that mattered to the hurt business was green. <laughs> the only thing, and uh, but of course, representation counts for a lot. And so, of course, from our from our from our black fans and people of color, like we were getting so much. Extra, I feel like extra love because of how we were representing ourselves. Like we we didn't sing, we didn't dance, we weren't comical. We were we we lost Kurt. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it you know so we 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 took that very seriously. We t- and we all take a lot of pride in being able to represent uh, people of color in, in such in such a a, a positive light. Also, doing it without having to beat people over the head with with, sure. with our race, it doesn't matter. We aren't. We are. You know, I I spoken to Eddie Guerrero years ago. You know, because even back then, uh, there there were some racial things that I I just didn't know how areas I didn't know how to navigate. And he said it to me, he's like, "Look, you're not a black superstar. You're a superstar that just happens to be black." Yeah. So approach approach it from that aspect but that being said i still recognize that i have a that well i guess we recognize that we have a certain effect on our community and like i said we had fun with it uh it ended way too soon and then the 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 reunion teases and all that stuff and uh, now we now now we're going to the you know the the downturn of it cuz Every week we were just like, why, why, why? And no one could tell us why. And the only, the only person, you know, the, the, the boss made the decision. Why no one to this day has ever been able to explain to us other than not, you know, the Hurt Business was, it, it was, it was definitely a vehicle for Bobby, um, which again, I take great pride in having, you know, being a part of that, but breaking it up, I still think that was the easiest layup in 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 pro wrestling. They they just wouldn't take the shot. And 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 Shelton, now here we are. Here you are uh, outside of the WWE. You look mm-hmm. like you're in phenomenal shape. I can see it through that you suck shirt. The guns are there. <laughs> you're incredible shape. What's next for you, man? As we start to wrap wrap this up with you, because we appreciate the time. This has been awesome. Uh, um. To be honest, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still weighing options. Um, okay. I've had I've had, you know, a, a knock on my door here or there. Um, I had no commitments, no n- nothing major to announce aside from you know a few indie days, a lot of autograph sessions. Like I've been really taking my time and deciding what I want to do next because I am at a point in my career where it's like I want to have fun. And if it's if it's not worth it, I want to have fun. I want to make money. If it's not worth it, I just don't want to do it. I'm not trying to build a name. I have a name, but I want to be where I'm uh, appreciated and featured. And like I said, and, and can have some fun. Uh, I've never had the, at least I don't think I've ever had the the superstar complex where I got to do this. I got to like, no. I I've, I've had I'm. January 
10th marked 24 years in the business for me. And like I said, I've been extremely fortunate with injuries and family life and, and all these things that I, you know, I can still go out and tear it up with the best of them. Uh, again, I, I'm just not sure where that's going to be at this point, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking temperatures all over the place. Now, now, before we let you get out of here, I got to ask, cause we have our ad free show guys in the chat. Is that lightsabers behind you that are sitting over there against the, the window? I know you got a picture of Kurt up there too. <laughs> yes, that is a, that's, that's my lightsaber, uh, collection. So I, I, we're, we're in my office and I, and I've been rearranged. That's why it looks really bare right now. Um, but yes, I have, I'm a collector. Um, to those who don't know, I am the biggest kid on the planet. I love it. I collect lightsabers. I collect action figures. I collect video games. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big kid. And, you know, thanks, thanks to, you know, my life as a pro wrestler, I've never really had to grow up. I've never had a normal nine to five and I don't ever want a job. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are, those are four of my, those are four of my eight lightsabers. Oh, nice. yeah, I have, I, I I don't know. I, I, I like I said. I, once I grab onto something, I just kind of just keep going. Favorite wrestling collectible you own? Favorite wrestler that that I own? Oh, my own collect, figures. Like collectible. Yeah. My uh, my own figures. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, like this isn't like that's my you know, bit of bit of collection of there. That's pretty much every title that I've won in pro wrestling. Um. Yeah, even a tag title. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big kid. I'm like the biggest. I'm a, I'm a geek that can fight. That's basically. <laughs> You're a dangerous geek. <laughs> Man, this has been awesome having you on. We can't wait to see what you do next, Shelton. Kurt, hasn't this been great? This has been awesome, Sean. Thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, well, thanks for having me. You know, I, I miss it's you. nice to have someone to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? We just ran out. I mean, you've been on for an hour and 15 minutes. We've loved every minute of it. And uh, maybe we'll have to have you back at some point. I, th- I would love that. I, I know yeah. That. I, so I, I suggested to Kurt, like, you know, you know, let's have a team annual reunion on the Kurt Angle podcast. Ooh, that's a good idea, Sheldon. <laughs> you, you did mention it to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. A little Charlie Haas, a little Shelton Benjamin, and Kurt Angle. I'm down. And uh, that sounds good. Hey, anything you want to promote before we let you go? Uh, well, I, you know, I'm going to be doing a few autograph sessions in uh, Minneapolis, Des Moines, Iowa. I, I, I just actually today just kind of tweeted some of these things out. Um, okay. Well, Shelton, do, be- do you have a website that the fans can go to to see where you're appearing? Um, well, right now you can just, you can check out my social, uh, both my IG and, and my Twitter X, whatever you want to call it is, uh, shell to be eight Oh three. So any announcements or anything that I have, they'll, they'll probably hit there first. Um, I did just start a Twitch channel, um, which is I'll, I, honestly, I just have, I, I did one stream. And I got my butt kicked the whole time on the games. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pick my games more wisely. I want to at least look good when I'm on these things. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Twitch. I believe that's Shelter Be Able Three also. So, uh, yeah, that's that's me. If you want to keep up, again, Shelter Be Able Three on Instagram, Shelter Be Able Three on X, Twitter, 
and uh, catch me on Twitch. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Love you, brother. All right. Yep, All right, yep. Kurt. Oh, whoa, whoa. Just before you go, just so you know, I still have both suits. <laughs> wow. I only have one. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. You and your brother, Eric, ripped up one. I don't know what happened That's to Charlie. Yeah. I take care of my stuff. Have his anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to dig through my I had to dig through boxes to, to pull those out, but yeah, I still got them there in perfect condition. So if we need to break them out. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea, but hey, imagine what they're gonna be worth in a hundred years. <laughs> you won't be around to see it, but imagine years. <laughs> oh man, John, thank you so much. Appreciate you. We'll uh, we'll chat again soon with you. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks right, for having take me. Care. Yep, you you take care. Take care, Kurt. Take care. Um, there it is, Shelton Benjamin, Kurt. And that was a lot of fun, man. It was. He he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, that guy, you know, when I first met him, he was really shy, and you could tell he's a little shy just by his personality. But when he gets in that ring, man, he's a different person. I mean, his performance level, what you know, he just has so much charisma and athletic ability. Uh, he is the absolute best athlete I've ever seen in WWE history. Man. Period something else. And he was so engaging and talkative. I, I love that interview. Uh, so, so good. We hope you guys enjoyed it too. The ad free show members have been chatting the entire time and they seem to really enjoy it. A lot of respect, a lot of love for Shelton Benjamin Kurt, uh, before we get out of here, you know, what we do at the end of the show, we have a little bit of fun while you're digging for your chicken snacks. Uh, remember you can check out all Kurt's past TNA moments at tnawrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. Hey, do you see Nick Nemeth is in TNA? That's right. The former Stop. Dolph Ziggler is TNA, buddy. What do you think of that? That, that was a big hit for them. That, that oh, was, big hit. Big news, yes. So check it out. You can find out there and sign up with code Kurt. Also, make sure you vote for the Kurt Angle Show Sports Podcast Award for the best wrestling podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, the link is below in our description. The voting will close on January 28th. Kurt, it's coming down, but we have a show. Yeah, throw in that vote for us. We really need it. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, just a reminder, if your podcast is looking to target that 25 to 55-year-old audience. There's no better place than to advertise right here on the Kurt Angle Show. You can check it out by going to advertisewithangle.com. Why? There's no better place than to advertise with Kurt Angle. Who doesn't want to hear Kurt Angle talk about your product? I mean, good Lord, we're about to hear him talk about all his products. Don't forget, you can check us out on boxagimmicks.com. You can find the shirts that Kurt and I are wearing. Who doesn't want to wear that meme machine? all over yourself uh, so check it out <laughs> it does and we got lots of other shirts and gear on there that has just hit the store as well so make sure you check that out you can find us on social media at the real kurt angle and at paulie be well also the at the angle pod and then find us on youtube kurt angle tv.com subscribe we've broken seventy thousand subscribers on our way to a hundred thousand this year so we'd really appreciate it. Support, like, note, turn on those notifications, and subscribe, KurtAngleTV.com. Kurt, tell us about those smart snacks. Smart snacks, crispy protein bites. Uh, there are four different flavors. Uh, they're, they're all whey protein. Um, 
They're incredible. They're the flavors. There are four different flavors. This flavor right here is sriracha. You're going to absolutely love them. My favorite right now is sweet barbecue. I love those very much. And you get them at physicallyfit.com. You can use the code uh, ANGLEPOD20 and get 20% off your first order. Or you can become a lifetime member on the website and get 20% off the rest of your life. But you're going to love these, these uh, Snack Smarts Crispy Protein Whites. Kurt, you know what they'll love even more is chasing them down with a cookies and cream uh, protein yeah, shake. That's right, my protein. Kurt Angle's American Dream Cookies and Cream Protein. The best case of protein you'll ever try, trust me. Go to uh, projectonenutrition.com to order yours. Uh, incredible flavor, a high protein, low carbohydrate. You're going to love it. Hey, not only that, Kurt, but by the way, I've heard that you've been selling some meme machine photos over at KurtAngleBrand.com. Not only can they get those cowboy hats, those milk cartons, they can get you on Cameo Video, which I feel like I'm getting one from you right now. Uh, there's also t-shirts, but the meme machine photos, have all 500 sold out yet? No, we have about 50 left, but they're going fast. I mean, I, I've been busy for the last week uh, signing autographs. And write down addresses and getting them out to the post office. So it, it's going by quickly, but uh, there's only 50 left. If you want one, you better order one now. And, and you know what? And and it's true. All he's been doing has been printing these pictures and certificates from his computer yeah. so much that the computer can't even keep up with our show anymore. <laughs> it's crapped out as we close down the show this week. It tapped out. Yes. <laughs> it, it did. And that's why we have. Uh, a smaller picture of Kurt right now, but guys, we appreciate you hanging in there with us. Kurt, thank you so much for doing the show with me this week. Thank you, Paul. I always have a blast with you. Oh, you got it, man. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Kurt Angle show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.